Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, Crimelanders. Thank you so much for tuning in again today. You have such a special episode ahead because we have the one and only Ali Fox. Ali underscore Fox underscore and Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and all the rest. Absolutely love Ali. She is a comedian, an actress, so ridiculously talented. And I just really feel like 2023 is going to be such a big year for her because she has so much going on and people are just loving her stuff. So do go and follow her if you're not already. Ali underscore Fox underscore. And she is just a deadly, deadly person. And I'm really excited for all the future holds for her because she is just just the best she's great um so Ali is brilliant the story is a really interesting one as well the usual disclaimer that we do discuss some themes here which some listeners may find distressing so do just bear that in mind when you're listening to the episode but we do always strive to discuss these topics in a human and empathetic way I have started a Patreon as well my goal is to get to 100 patrons I'm currently at 18 ouch but I have only just started it, so I am fully sure we're going to grow our little community of Crimelanders. The main reason that I started the Patreon was because I explained, I think, in an earlier episode that I have actually been paying for the production costs and the studio costs and also giving the guests a little bit of money just to thank them for giving their time. And it, it has meant that I have kind of been paying for the podcast out of my own pocket which I guess isn't obviously it's great you know the numbers are good and I'm getting lovely messages from people but you know ultimately I do have to cover the cost of it as well so that is why I have to start a Patreon I hope that's okay if you could support for the price of three fifty a month you get at least one extra episode even though it's looking at two extra episodes at least a month now because they have a second one coming out this weekend on the dis- disappearance of Shelley Miskovich which um is a really interesting one and Shelley is the wife of David Miskovich who is essentially the COB chairman of board in Scientology 
She hasn't been seen for many, many years. And it's a really interesting story. So that is the extra episode coming out this weekend. And I also have another couple of um episodes that I'm going to whack up as well. So for $3.50 a month, you can get all the extra episodes. You also get early access to the regular episode. You get that on a Tuesday rather than a Friday. And I would really appreciate your support. So only another 82 patrons to go till I hit my goal. We can do it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And without further ado, here's your episode. Enjoy. My name is Cheney J, and this week I'm talking to the brilliant Ali Fox about the Gruber family. Ali, I'm so excited to have you. Thanks so Thank much you. for coming in. Delighted to be here. And I was just saying, I was saying to Fred on my way in that I was having you on and he was just saying you're absolutely brilliant and fantastic and all the rest. Oh, Julia takes one to know one, oh, doesn't it? Doesn't it though? But honestly, Ali, you are absolutely brilliant. We're going to be plugging all your stuff at the end. Will I dive right in? Please do. Let's go. Let's do it. Okay, so, right, Ali. Let me take you back Mm -hmm. to the 4th of April, 1922. So, a young man by the name of Lorenz Schlittenbauer. Did you do... I should have asked you this, by the way. Did you do German or French in school? What was your language? Neither. Espanol. No way! Yeah, my school didn't offer German to the kids. Interesting. I might have chosen it. Spanish is a good one, though. It is, and it did help me in South America then when I growed up. Did you, were you were you traveling around South America? Yeah, family living in Brazil. No, now, obviously Ali. they're Portuguese speaking, but when you're traveling around, you can get by great with the Spanish. Amazing! So you have family in Brazil. Yeah, and tell me, so you would you've gone to Brazil and other countries in South America, or just specifically Brazil? No, I've gone loads of places in South America. Hit me. Um, my favorite, uh, Paraguay and Argentina. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, and such a I've like a mix Buen- there as well. It's really it's a paradise. I've heard Buenos Aires is gorge. Yeah, yeah, and then down further into the jungle, down at Foz de Iguazu, some of the biggest waterfalls in the world. Oh my God, Julie, they're amazing. Do you know what? Now I should have investigated your backstory more because I did. Uh, well, now it hasn't come out yet, but I did an episode a couple of weeks ago, and it was based on the Galapagos Islands. <gasps> Were you there? No, but that is a dream of mine. You know, some of the turtles there Well, let's there make like this dream happen, Ali. Yeah. Okay, let's. this... No, I was going to say, my experience of South America was limited. I went to Colombia back oh, in the day. Wow. No, but it was kind of pre... Um, I, I mean, people did go there, but like, I, it was kind of a long time ago, but I remember I went and... I suppose it's kind of, everything's a learning curve. I was going with a mate of mine who said, do you mind if I bring two people I work with? Oh. And I was like, okay, the more the merrier. But I think that's not necessarily the case when you're traveling because 
we just from the get-go it just there was just something we just uh, didn't gel as a group and there was nothing mm. wrong with the girls it's just we didn't gel as a group we went to Colombia that was the first on our hit list we were going to hit Paraguay we were going to hit Brazil all the spots and then we were in Colombia for a week and we got robbed three times in one week you are joking and you know what they say rob me once shame on you rob me twice shame on me rob me three times it's time Get to go home to your mom oh, do you know what I mean oh wow Julie that's very serious well I think to be honest Era, do you know what I didn't even blame them really because there was a lot of like us going off the tourist trail well I mean you should be allowed to do that as I, well okay yeah I know and it was funny actually because one of the girls I've no idea why insisted on taking her passport with her on no, the well, walk no well that yeah. is thick so, so she's is, listening yeah. you're Look, a thick come on um, so she ins- and I remember saying I don't know if you need your passport she's like no I'll keep it in my old fanny pack you know we have such confidence in the fanny packs we're I like know. nothing's getting in there yeah you have to be so careful particularly in South America like I've had some mad experiences where uh, even in a taxi that you've ordered through an app you're in it and it approaches a red light and you're not stopping at that red light because, oh, as in just speeding yeah, through? Well, white people, this is a generalisation I've experienced in my own personal life, a bit of backlash seeing, you know, being a white person walking yeah. around, you have to be so careful, so no red lights. So I suppose, I don't know, I guess, you know, it's like, we're going around with our iPhones or whatever, just screaming, like advertising wealth, aren't we? It's disgusting, yeah, and people are you know, really struggling in many parts of South America and we should be more copped on to that, I think, as we travel, you know. Do you know what now? I have to say the group chat has absolutely nothing on us. Like we are the new, <laughs> we are the new current affairs podcast. This is what's happening. I will say the girl who had her passport lost, or, well, lost, I mean, robbed. It was very funny because then we were like, what are we going to do? Because we need to get a passport and there was no Irish embassy of so course. what do you do Ali what do you do when there's no Irish embassy who do we you go to England you, you go, go to... to the British embassy yeah, all you have is to. forgiven mm. and it was so funny we rocked up we were having our punjana tea um, they were so nice to us they were like we're so sorry this happened to you and this was quite early in the day and then by like 6 or 7 o'clock they were like you are from Northern Ireland we were like Demena Demana like come on <laughs> Julie it's so funny when it comes to needing a passport from the British embassy or the ASOS uh, next day delivery oh, I don't give a fuck oh yeah like I, I'll, I'll really change my mind that ASOS next yeah. day delivery Austria. I know I know it's it's a terrible way to be but I do get very flexible in those when I need that jumpsuit I need that jumpsuit <laughs> is all I'm saying and like honestly when you're in that situation Rob three times in one week seeing that union jack it was just like feels like home yeah. to me <laughs> feels like home I hope you didn't sing that in all then. our Irish teacher glory because we were Aww. all moon tour Gaelgas we were downplaying that one I tell you I bet you were but I'm so glad that you got sorted because that's a scary thing like three times in one week that that could have put you off travel well, for life I well we did what happened then was I went to the Hamptons straight after because my an ex-boyfriend um at the time his sister was living in the Hamptons oh. so she, I, you know the way you don't want to come home with the tail between your legs because you've done the big farewell for the summer like yeah. I was supposed to be gone for three months didn't want to come home after seven days yeah <laughs> after yeah. being robbed three times <laughs> so I got went to the Hamptons and honestly such a culture shock like what you were describing there so when from that, went from Columbia to the Hamptons, got off. I think, is it the Jitney? Did you ever do a J1? You I know, that never bus. did. Couldn't Everyone afford gets. it. 
Oh, like uh, like the greyhound coaches yes. that they talk about in films. Like the yes, just like the movies. Got off the bus and I went. I went to the ATM and Alec Baldwin was in front of me in the queue. So you're no. going from being robbed three times in one week in Colombia to getting your heart stolen mates. by Alec. Me oh, being mates wow. with Alec Baldwin. Oh my god, he's so handsome and great. He is, but then he does kill people on set so I just feel yeah. the attraction and he levels. has like eight kids I know I Isn't mean that, we're I not saying know. yeah they just keep having kids I, Alec looks wrecked yeah I'd say their house is utter chaos I mean honestly you know I'm not saying this is why but I just think it, it, when you have that many kids is it any wonder you're forgetting to check a gun come on how did that happen? Is the responsibility on the actor? He probably doesn't know that much about these prop guns. Or was it real? No, it was a prop. I th- but yeah, it was. But it was a real gun, I thought, was it? I don't did know Did I hear that work. it was a decommissioned something or other? Surely it falls okay, on the prop. Okay, Ali's been doing a deep dive into this story. I actually haven't. <laughs> that's why I'm so ignorant. I did see on Twitter that there was some like, oh, was there some sort of motive here? Of course there wasn't. They were probably great friends. But I know about decommissioned firearms because of a play that I did a few years ago, The Roaring Banshees, where there was a lot of talk about what weapons could and couldn't be used. And in the end, we had very, very fake firearms, but they had to be kept in a safe in the theatre. No one was allowed to mess with them. It got put into my hand just before I would go on. And then it was reefed off me at the end because you have to be so careful. And when you say decommissioned, what is that? What does that mean? That it no longer serves a purpose in the real world and can be used in art departments or prop departments, that kind of thing. But it happens a lot. But I actually don't remember what type of gun that was that Alec Baldwin had. And are they, they're quite heavy guns, Mm. aren't they? Yeah. And really expensive. I remember we had an intern. Okay, years Ali's ago. been trying to buy a gun. <laughs> no, no, no. I just you remember this intern from Canada saying, um, yeah, we got one at 10K. And I was like, what? 10K for a gun? I thought like 100 euro max. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't know, because how would I know? But yeah. 10K. And they just kept it in the glove box while they were traveling around as a family. Mash. Yeah. But what did it go? According to her, yeah, and it crazy. was it was the done thing like that you might need, and she was like, not really, you know, to defend against people, more like bears, and I was like, oh yeah, Jesus, bears, of course, they, they were from Canada, and she was like, yeah, you'd need to be able to get out of a sticky situation, mad. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah. A gun in your glove box. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking what's in my glove box at the moment and thinking a half-eaten sandwich. Some baby wipes. Some baby wipes. Yeah, a bit of Vaseline. Nothing, nothing to actually oh. ward off a bear. I need to have a chat with myself. <laughs> just have to turn the radio up I'm to I'm never the... prepared, Ali. Never well, prepared. Well, neither am I, but here we are anyway. What we were you saying? It. If I just turn the radio up, maybe. You, the whole yeah. way up, maybe. Lyric FM. Something like that would absolutely wreck a bear's head, I'd say. Oh, I love a bit of lyric. It does calm me, me down. Yeah. It really does. Um, yeah. Okay, right. What was I banging on about? Oh, yes, Crime Land. Okay, right. Back to Crime Land. Okay. So th- this guy called Lorenz Schlittbad, um, on the 4th of April, 1922, he noticed that his neighbor's post hadn't been picked up at their farm in rural Hinterkaifeck perfect pronunciation just so you know in Germany worried that something was wrong at the farm Lorenz got his fellow neighbours Jacob Segal 
probably related to Steve-O. Definitely. Um, and Michael Pohl to help him investigate. The farm at Hinterkaifig was built around 1863 and home to the Gruber family. Andreas and Cecilia Gruber were the parents. Victoria was the adult daughter and the granddaughter was also called Cecilia and Joseph was the little grandson. At the time in Germany, there was a lot of political, social, economic unrest as, of course, Germany were punished severely for their role in the war by being constricted politically and militarily and forced to pay reparations for the role they played in the conflict. In 1918, the Kaiser Wilhelm was forced to abdicate and shortly after the Weimar Republic was formed, unemployment was high. Many were deeply ha- unhappy with the terms of the Treaty of Versailles, which a lot of Germans saw as excessively punitive. So there was a lot of shit going on, Ali, is yeah. what we're saying. Sad times in Germany. Sad yes. times in Germany. Yes, times were tough. So finding the door to the home of the Gruber's locked, this guy Lorenz and the other two neighbours headed to the barn where they made a very grim discovery, Ali. Are you ready? Oh, go on. Okay. So the bodies of Victoria, age 35, her little daughter, Cecilia, who was seven. Victoria's parents, Andreas and Cecilia, who were both... So Cecilia was 72. Andreas was a little bit younger. He was 64. Um, they were all found dead. So they discovered these bodies in the barn and the family had all been murdered by multiple blows to the head. Oh, so bludgeoned to death. Yeah, just absolutely horrific. So they made this discovery in the barn and obviously terrible discovery, deeply disturbing. Mm. So they say to themselves, okay, we need to get into the house now because there was little Joseph who had not been accounted for and there was also a maid called Maria. So they went into the house, they forced their way into the house and in there they found the 44-year-old maid Maria and the little boy Joseph and they had both been killed also. So in other words, this is just complete decimation. Oh no, I thought you were going to say they hadn't a clue and they were going about business as no, usual. No, Ali, that's kind of not how crime land no, works, I'm you're afraid. Right. So, you know, poor old Frank comes on every now and again. He says, Is that it? I'm like, Yeah. He's like, What? Just opening with debt. Yes, multiple <laughs> yeah. debts. Oh, so, God. just absolutely horrendous, like a horrendous scene. So, the entire family has been slaughtered yeah. at this rural farm. Um, although the murders at the Gruber farm weren't discovered until the fourth of April, police determined that the family had all died on the evening of the 31st of March, which was a Friday. Uh In a strange twist, the 31st of March, so this Friday had actually been Maria's first day working as the family's maid. So Maria Baumgartner was the name of the maid. Maria's sister had actually called in just to see how her sister was getting on that very day. And her sister later confirmed that everyone was alive when she visited Maria at the farm that afternoon. So on the 31st of March, everyone was alive and well when this sister called to the house. But just very unfortunate that the obviously Maria had just started working there when this happened. Oh, God. Really awful, yeah. Yeah. The following day on the 1st of April, two men who sold coffee came to the farm, but nobody answered the door. So this, of course, would have been very unusual because there was a lot of people living here. A they knocked at farm. the door, yeah. working farm, all of that. Nobody there. And when they, this kind of is even more weird. So even though nobody answered the door, they both said that smoke was coming from the chimney and it did appear that somebody had fed the farm's livestock that very day. So it appeared mm. that fresh food had been given to the animals. The fire was obviously on, so they did think this was a little bit strange that nobody mm. came to the door, but obviously they didn't go into the barn or anything like that. 
The following day on the 2nd of April, a man came to do repairs on the farm, but again, nobody answered the door. On the next day, on the Sunday, the family weren't seen at church and Cecilia, little Cecilia didn't turn up for school on the Monday. And that's when, of course, people started to really say to themselves, what is going on here? And that's when Lorenz and the neighbours went to investigate. So just absolutely mad that this would happen in a rural area. And it's not that long ago. Well, I mean, I well, suppose it is a hundred years. Not I guess it's long. all relative. Yeah, that's shocking. I wonder, were they really struggling? Like, did uh, that time in Germany, like, just drive them into, like, a very dark place? Well, there was certainly a lot of dark shit going on. And this family, I should say as well, like, you know, there are very dark aspects to this family as well, which we're going to get into. Oh. But the, the cl- so, the, yeah, you'd be right in saying there's a lot of, bad stuff going on here for sure so the closest police department to this farm was uh so to this farm in Hinterfick was Munich in Germany which was about 45 miles away so after discovering the bodies Lorenz and the other men obviously ran to tell their families and fellow neighbors about the gruesome murder scene as you would mm-hmm. like you're gonna go straight home and say you won't believe what's happening over at the farm the problem was, of course, that when the families and friends heard about this, they all piled in to get a gawk. Oh. So, of course, by the time the lead investigator, George Reingruber, arrived from Munich, dozens of people had walked through the crime scene, destroying evidence and compromising the police investigation in the process. Egypts. I mean, complete Egypts, but also, I guess... Even if they hadn't done that, I mean, I don't know how good forensics would have been anyway in 1922, because that Mm. was way before CSI. Fair enough. Yeah, but they were probably kicking loads of straw and hay around the place and covering up footprints. Yeah, uh, footprints would have been a big one. Yeah, 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 for sure. I can imagine they probably thought it might be helpful to take the bodies and try and fix them up Probably, yeah. Not ideal. Not ideal. Not ideal, for sure. Um. So basically, the police obviously had a big challenge on their hands. They posited that the killer, or perhaps killers, maybe there was more than one, had lured the family members out to the barn. That was their theory, that they had been lured out and killed there. And they thought maybe they had done this like one by one. But they really just didn't have a clue like what had happened here at all. On the 5th of April, so obviously the next day, Dr. Johann Baptist Amuller conducted autopsies on the victims of um of these murders so the family they did he did an autopsy on the family but again i don't know how i mean how precise would this autopsy have been however he did determine that they had all died by blunt force trauma was what he said and he suggested he felt that maybe a pickaxe had been used that that was the weapon of choice so like really we're talking house of horror stuff here yeah like really really bad um, Dr. Mueller also noted that there was strangulation marks on the older Cecilia. So the grandmother of little Cecilia and Joseph and mother to Victoria. And he felt that that suggested the killer might have had a particular or perhaps personal vendetta against the matriarch in the house. So her death was a little bit different and he felt it was a little bit more vicious in that there was strangulation involved and he oh. felt maybe there was like a personal vendetta here. I would think the opposite. Really? I think a pickaxe is way more vicious personal. than... What's more personal? A pickaxe maybe. Yeah, because to... This is very gross now, but to strangle a person, you need to face them for yes. quicker results. To me, that's demonic. 
it's all demonic. Yeah. But a pickaxe, you can you maybe you can do the job from behind. That's interesting. Yeah. Ali, that's a really interesting maybe, theory. Maybe. Maybe he I don't know, maybe he knew her. Oh well no, if he knew her then he would have known all of them. Well, you see, because they're thinking, like, obviously this is like, you know, all of these types of crimes are utterly vicious, but this is just a particular horrifying crime. So I think they're thinking there has to be some personal motive here to go off and do this. Like, there would have to be, surely. Yeah, because you're you're not going to do that. And also, let's face it, it would take ages. So I mean, it's going yeah. to be planned out and Well this is the thing I mean, And I think this is one of the aspects of this That people get really creeped out by Because exactly that it wasn't like We're not talking like a moment of madness It was kind of a protracted thing Yeah that would have I'd say that would have taken all day He was probably exhausted I say he I think it was a man Ah uh, yeah come on yeah. listen I, I think, think we can all I think we can all assume it was a guy um, Yeah For sure This is when people get in touch with me and say that's very gendered But I think that's you know that's the Well vibe. my imagination went there Yeah Yeah I think and listen you know I think that is definitely the vibe for sure So he So in the months and weeks leading up to the killings A number of strange events had occurred on the Gruber farm So six months earlier The family's previous mate had quit very suddenly when she said she was constantly hearing, wait for this, Sally, footsteps in the attic. Okay, game over. Yeah, game over. I have chills. I mean, which made her believe the house was haunted. Yeah. Neighbours also told police that Andreas had found footprints in the snow that began at the woods surrounding the farm and ended at the barn. So they didn't continue on to the house, they just stopped at the barn. However, he could find no footprints leading away from the barn, Ali. Oh, I hate this. Also, snow in March. That's spooky. Yeah. On its own. I mean, it is definitely, well, I guess it is Bavaria, though. Oh, it's probably quite high up. Maybe I, 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 I always imagine Bavaria covered in snow I'm sure not It's not always covered in snow But that's just the image I have of my God, mind God that's very very gruesome Isn't that really really creepy? Yeah So either they have Ever catch yourself eating the same Flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true baby It's me Kiki Palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities.
abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Had um, someone wanted lodger in the barn, or it was haunted and the thing was in the attic and the barn? I mean, either way, just not ideal. Not ideal. I wouldn't work there. I wouldn't live there. No, I just think, yeah. like, you'd definitely be quitting for sure. I mean, I've definitely... What's the one? It's not P45. What's the one where you get fired? You get your P45, isn't it? You get your P45 either way. Either way. Yeah. Okay. Note to self, need to go back through my 17 previous <laughs> careers. I used to be too well. I used to work places and just go on like so many places around Dublin. I'd just be scurrying down streets because I'd work in a place and then I just would go on the lash and not turn up to work and I'd post my uniform back. I just was Are too. You serious? I'm that much of a coward, Ali. I couldn't even face these people. Like sometimes, I'd lose a week's wages I'm like I can't I just can't even go in there sometimes it's better to do it's it that just, way isn't it do you remember the cross on tree do no. you remember that it was the cro- it was back in the noughties it was like a croissant shop oh got in town it was in Liffey Valley and I remember I went on the lash in Sligo and it was so funny I shouldn't say it was so funny but they anyway kept ringing me because I was supposed to turn up but I was yeah, Liffey in Valley Sligo is on the lash away from Sligo. yeah so it's a bit of a it's a bit of a trek but they I think they reported me missing to the guards and stuff it what? became this whole thing but I had just gone on the lash you are so, so funny. funny that should be an episode and of I just I had to post the uniform back to them what was the uniform? It was like a red, I think it was just like a little red shirt or whatever. I don't know, it was something. Sounds hot. I mean, it was hot. It was very hot. <laughs> but like, yeah, so sometimes, it, listen, we definitely, so forget footsteps in the attic. I've definitely quit over it. Would you have been a quitter? A perennial job quitter um, like myself? No, though I did uh spin a web of lies uh, so intricate you know if you're gonna lie you have to make it good me to go Um, big go big or go home exactly yeah or what's the point so I spun a huge one uh, in my very early 20s to get out of a place and it really worked what was the lie um, the lie was, oh God, now when I think of it, I still my stomach drops, but it, it did work. I hated this place. And now as an older woman, when I look back and I say this very sincerely, I was being abused like it it was proper it was a horrible work environment and I didn't really have the coping skills to deal with it at all so I spun this lie that I was emigrating to America to follow my dream they knew that I was studying acting and like oh yeah that checks out she's going to America God love her she's never going to make it she's leaving and uh, I didn't at all and I tried to apply for the dole and then they contacted <gasps> the employer saying um, what was Ali's reason for leaving <laughs> and they said emigrating wishing her all the best um, they didn't mean it though they were bastards and, and was it admin work waitressing uh, it was um, hosting waitressing oh. and the social got in touch with me then saying what the fuck is this about and I was like listen I was being bullied and they said no problem you can you can have the scratcher. That's oh, what they said. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And I got it for like six months or something before I got another job well, where I was treated very nice well. To hear that they were kind of receptive to that. Yeah. Um. It was a woman. I remember like the deciding officer, and I was like, "Listen, this is what happened. I did have an intention to emigrate, like we all do, of like course. for five minutes, like crying yeah. your eyes out on a wet Sunday." When I'm waiting for the bus, I'm like, "Do you know what? Maybe I will go to Hollywood." So it's not a yeah, complete lie. It's not like it did. Exist in my head for a minute it, it still does 
And uh, the deciding officer said, yeah, the, um, that's okay. You probably went about it the wrong way, but here's whatever it was. I but think you, it was what other 102 way can you go euro. Away? What other way can you go about it? Um, I could have Gone looked the official, them dead in the yeah. eye and said, this is ridiculous and I want, want to speak to HR, you know. But when you're so of young course. and you, you don't really know and I was already bet down so I much. still, to be honest, I would still find that hard to do in a professional environment. I find it really hard to be assertive. I don't anymore, but do I do I understand. I did a complete 180, but it, it takes years and it takes yeah. a lot of practice to really set boundaries in place in a professional env- environment and in general as well. Yeah. But now, like, I, I'm I'm very um, self-assured when it comes to any of that stuff. Ali, I love that. Oh, but, thanks. But also, it, I think it is so important. I mean, it's important for everyone, but I think particularly for women as well. Yeah, like in the industry I love that you're like yeah you know I feel like I'm kind of standing up for myself a bit now in situations definitely and it encourages other women as yes. well you know so do you want me to talk to the cross on people I you? was gonna say do you know what I want you to talk to Shane over here my god you won't be- he works me to the bone you won't believe this don't be put off the by his the smile is oh, really no, no, no. off putting here I'm he's the guy straight- in the attic I'm like where is HR <laughs> It's out by the back. Shane's like, I am HR. That's like, do you know, it's like, did you ever do this? Not that I ever did it, but I know friends who have, you know, if they're like on the road and some guy is, sorry, I shouldn't make, you know, we're not trying to be gendered here, but in, based on my anecdotal experience, it is always a male driver who's just been a dickhead on the road, like, you know, Mm. weaving in and out, playing chicken, like just, and I'd say at least one, if not two, my friends have rang the number to complain and your man's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, your man, the driver. To gas. complain about the driver. Well, not gas, but that's Grinch. the audacity of that. Like, is it ridiculous? Yeah, but it is. I love that, Annie. That's like really positive. I love that. I need Thank to. You. We need to have a chat after this. And I'm like, how do I get more boundaries in a professional environment? I'm going <laughs> to yeah. do that. So listen, what I like about this maid was she was like, I'm not paid enough to put up with this shite. So mm-hmm. she left. So Andreas was saying, look, about the footprints and stuff. And um, this led some people to think that, of course, the killer had hidden in the barn and maybe the attic, which some thought accounted for the footsteps the previous maid heard of, says you. Yeah. Andreas and also mentioned his keys had gone missing. And this is a bit of an odd one. He found a newspaper he didn't subscribe to in the home. So it'd be like now if I came home and found the star or something in the gap. Mm. I'd be like, somebody's obviously been here. Yeah. it's just, That's a strange one, isn't it? It's a weird calling card. Or could the maid have brought it into work with her? A paper, yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, perhaps. But women didn't read papers, Annie. Come on. Actually, she probably didn't have the money to subscribe to a thing. God love her. I know, the poor old So thing. it probably did belong to an intruder. Well, but it's a funny thing to leave behind. You know, if you're going to the effort of hiding in the barn in the attic, to leave your paper on the kitchen table is a bit of a... That is a bit thick. It is a bit thick, yeah. Mm. It's not the swiftiest for sure. Um, now, an even more disturbing, so a neighbor had actually said to this guy, Andreas, uh, listen, if you're having trouble, I can offer you a gun. And he turned it down. He said, no, I don't need a gun. But he had just been chatting about like this weird stuff happening. And he was like, you know, look, this is what's going on. But listen, Andreas, by all accounts, 
was not a great individual. Okay, so an even more disturbing aspect to the case. Now, of course, this, you know, this was just based on, well, not even necessarily rumours because there was kind of a bit of a legal foundation to this as well. There were suggestions of something really untoward going on in the house. So seven years before, the residents of um, uh, the Gruger farm were murdered. Victoria, who at the time would have been, I'm doing the math, so 35 minus 7, Ali. Oh, God almighty. Shane. What is this? 35 minus 7? 28. 28. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. We got there. We got there. So, um, so so Victoria at the time was 28. Andreas, her dad, would have been approximately 55 not that that's completely irrelevant to the to the situation but victoria and andreas were both accused of incest after someone (gasps) yes submitted an anonymous report now they both vehemently denied this but somebody had put a complaint in it was an anonymous complaint that there was an incestuous relationship happening between the daughter and the dad And both the father and daughter were put on trial and eventually found guilty. Now, they both denied it, but Mm. they were both found guilty. Now, I don't know what, you know, this, it's, it's all just very strange. I don't know what the procedural aspect of it was or, you know, what evidence was produced or whatever. Um, But Andreas served one year in prison and Victoria served either one year or one more month, according to different reports, which is crazy to think Victoria would be going to prison as well. I mean, it's nuts. That is nuts unless she had bore children. Well, this is the thing. So obviously now this is the years before like paternity tests and all the rest. So some people believed that Victoria's two-year-old son, Joseph, was the child of Lorenz, who was the guy who came to check out what was going on at the family Mm -hmm. farm. Um, And some of the neighbours said that the child actually was the child of Andreas, the dad. Yeah. I.e. that he had had a baby with his own daughter. But like... It is very hard to substantiate this because this is this is based on rumours, etc. They yeah. had denied the incestuous relationship. Mm-hmm. They were found guilty of it. But again, I don't know, like from an evidentiary point of view, like, you know, 1915, I'm not sure what the process would be there. Yeah. But certainly, like you could say there's no smoke without fire in that this was a rumour that did persist for yeah. a long time. So a lot of people, so people are kind of split. The one thing as well with um, Joseph, little Joseph, was that Lorenz, according to rumours, Lorenz and Victoria had had a romantic relationship Mm -hmm. and Joseph was allegedly Lorenz's son. So so a lot of people actually claim that Lorenz would often refer to Joseph as mine boobrelel, meaning my boy. Mm -hmm. So he would often refer to this little fella as my boy, my son. So people kind of presumed that he was his father. Yeah, he probably did think it was his kid. Well, listen, I mean, that exactly. He probably did believe that Mm. for sure. But who's to say if he was? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's the whole thing is kind of mad. And they're so um, isolated in that area as well. It's probably not that uncommon. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I remember, God, I remember back in the day, I don't know, it was my mother or someone say, saying it to me, but they said it so casual. Was it my mother or my auntie? Maybe my auntie. But I remember her saying back in the day that she believes one thing that really ended incestuous relationships was central heating. She has this theory that incest that really was just like keeping amazing. warm. Yeah. But she wasn't even saying it as in like, it was just so like, 
do you want a cup of tea? Yeah, I'll have tea. You know what I was just thinking? I really think the whole incest thing really died once we got central heating. Now, you, no, I want to laugh at but that. Anna, but, I, but maybe she was right. Uh, no, I'd say she was. My that, God. that breaks my heart. I'd but say she's it was probably 70% right. the reason I got married to Fred was just like, oh my, even last night, my feet. Is this circulation, Ali? My feet are like ice blocks all the time. Like this can't be healthy. I would get healthy. that on the tips of my fingers and yes. the tips of my nose as well. Is, or the, the one tip of my nose, yeah. The Ali's tips of my nose. Um, but is that circulation? I'd say so for sure, yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't know about you, but I actually have the heating off a lot of the time now because oh, I know I can't afford it. I'm just living in fear at the I moment. Know. It's so oh, shit. Fred Cook needs to get the memo that there's a recession on the radio because he's whacking the heat on all the time I'm like Fred I know like, and I'm I can't living blame. in fear well yeah. anyway so what I do is I just put my feet in between like you know I'm using Fred as a little thermal yeah, thingy or whatever yeah, yeah. so look there, I think there could be some credence to it is what I'm saying yeah and like uh, the advent of TVs in the home acted as a contraceptive then oh, as well oh for sure sure yeah. what else were you doing I know sitting around slagging each other and you know what I do feel bad because I live in a rural area right now and I'm absolutely not saying it would happen in this day and age but I do think as well the isolation and yeah. all that I don't know I think bad stuff happens definitely Julie like obviously we don't condone it but you can see that being a thing like if they're yeah. so far away from Munich what did you say like 45 miles yeah bit of Come a trash and I, yeah. do, I just think I mean it's funny because I find now and I've you know I've definitely gotten used to living in the middle of, you know the middle of nowhere we're in a, a quite an isolated place at the moment but I'm still much more terrified being in a rural area than an urban area I could see why I think I'd be the same I just feel I just feel some bad stuff can go down in a rural area whereas at least yeah. I always feel in an urban area okay there's a lot of people and stuff but I always feel like there's more people who could do bad shit, but there's also more people around. That's it, exactly. Yeah. I feel a bit safer. Definitely. Like if you if you ran into any sort of trouble in a rural area, like I can see why it's always a thing in horror films. For so the what most we're part. saying is country people do incest. Oh. Is what we're saying. No. Well, it happened everywhere. But yes, in this case, I think they were all driven mad because of the isolation. I think there was something going on. And I suppose, and I'm not putting it on, like we're not looking at the macro here, but I guess there was a lot of just dark shit happening as well. Yeah. And who's to say like what was going on then on a micro level? Like Definitely. I mean, the reparations alone during that time would have been screwing them and maybe their farm was losing loads of money. And I was only thinking, have you watched Peaky Blinders? Yeah, not all of it. we just started watching and I was saying to Fred you know even the way like you see people are so like fucked up from yeah. the war and I was like god is it any wonder the black and tans came over and they were complete psychos oh, they yeah. were all demented it's all PTSD and sure nobody knew what it was that's it PTSD yeah, yeah. yeah and the wake and nightmares and you know those men well we all went through a lot during the, as if me and you were there but they were <laughs> you and so I, screwed Annie, in the trenches yeah I remember us. you you had <laughs> trench boot trench boot on your little cold feet it's no one, it's, I was gonna say it's no wonder our feet are still like ice blocks I know me? I have eczema from the war <laughs> Put that into Peaky Blinders. I remember your nose was so cold. Just one little icicle. I know. (laughs) Awful. 
But honestly, yes. So this is, so basically people are going to get tweeting. This podcast is coming out in defense of the black and tans. I'm uh, saying country people and Alec are writing their brothers and sisters. Screwy. And Alec, <laughs> question mark. Um, so yeah, look, there was some something going on for sure. Over the course of the investigation and reinvestigations into these murders, the police suspected over 100 people of potentially being the killer or killers. In the end, like, so they kind of said the person obviously with most motive was probably Lorenz because Mm. Lorenz was the person that a lot of people said, like, he was always referring to this little guy as my boy. He felt he was his dad. But of course, rumors also suspected that Andreas was actually Joseph's dad. So Mm -hmm. Victoria's own father and Lorenz allegedly went so far as to put forward another complaint of incest, but recanted this complaint when Victoria asked him not to persist with it. So he had told people that he was suspicious of what was going on between the father and Victoria, and Victoria asked him to drop it. So again, mm. that kind of points to someone who would have a very big issue with this family if he if he did feel sure yeah. he'd been duped or whatever in terms of the paternity of little Joseph. Part of the tension at the farm stemmed from its ownership. So interestingly, Victoria, the daughter, not Andreas, her dad, owned the farm. So she had actually inherited this farm through marriage. She gained ownership after her husband, Carl Gabriel was his name. He had died in World War I. Um, Some had alleged that Carl had known. So Carl was ostensibly Cecilia's dad. Yes. So the little daughter mm. um, who was called after the granny, obviously. So some had alleged that Carl had felt that Cecilia was actually Andreas's daughter. So in other words, that Victoria had had the little girl with her dad also, which was why he went to live with his parents for several months before going off to war. Oh. So they'd actually been separated before he had gone to war, which oh. would have been very unusual at the time. Yeah. Yeah. But again, you know, look, it's the, you will question, there's, there's a lot of rumors swirling and you would maybe say there's no smoke without fire, but also, you know, it's hard to substantiate it. But Carl uh, was the, the true owner of that farm. Yes. So to pack your bags and leave your own land. It's extreme. That's very true, actually. Especially yeah. during that economic uh, downfall, you know, during that time. That's mad. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been. So, like, the fact that they would have separated and stuff would have been unusual. So there was definitely something going on. Oh, no. That's after changing the game. Do you think so? She was definitely banging her dad. Oh, I'm no, sorry. Ali, stop. She, she was. Oh, God. I can't get over the fact that he would leave and he would know about um, the onset of World War One. He would probably have a, a good idea in his head that he's going to get drafted in. So to leave ahead of schedule... That's quite a thing. Yeah. I mean, look, it's not, it's, it is, it's not great. It's definitely not great. Oh God, sickener. So it is, like, it is kind of bad. So essentially, like, Victoria was the real owner and her parents were just kind of on the farm. As far as Carl's death was concerned, his body, so he went off to war and never came back, Mm. but was presumed dead. His body was never found, leaving some to speculate that he, he was the one who returned to the farm and actually murdered the whole family in revenge. Mm. Okay. I mean, it's a bit out there. Yeah. It's possible, I suppose. I'd kind of lean more towards Carl than uh, Lorenz. Would you? Okay. Because Lorenz wasn't married to Victoria, no. so he's not going to inherit the farm no. or anything. 
Did he kill himself? That's very clever. No, Did, he didn't. No, no, no. Okay, so he just ended all the family's lives or every member of the family. Well, they well they didn't. So they didn't find any. So they didn't find any other body there at all. No, no, no. So it was just the bodies of the family. And then... So Lorenz is basically doing his thing. He's, you know, he's the one who finds the bodies with the neighbours. Yeah. Now, he would have, I guess, because he had this personal connection as well to little Joseph. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he would have been knocking up to the farm anyway. Yeah. So you could say, well, it's a bit suspicious that he was the one who discovered the bodies with the two neighbours. But also, I guess he was checking in on the child as well. And it is five days later or whatever. It's a few days later, to be fair. And... But the thing about Cara was, was that there had been reports, but again, you know, this is a time when how do you substantiate all this? But there were many reports at the time that Carl had actually been seen during World War II wearing a Soviet Union military uniform. What is Carl doing? I don't know. But like, I think that's a bit out there that apparently people were saying that he had kind of defected to the Soviet Union and all that kind of crack, which... I feel it's a step too far. So do I. I don't think he's gonna. Do, he wouldn't. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. World War One that he was seen during World War One wearing a Soviet. Union I was gonna say because he'd be an elfler at that point. <laughs> what are you doing, Carl? You're a geriatric. You should be at home watching Pointless. My God. <laughs> He should have been. So, okay, that makes a little bit more sense. But, but also, still, I don't why would him. he? Like, it doesn't. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense at all. And again, like you know. I don't know. Like, look, it's quite likely you'd see someone who kind of looked like her wearing a Soviet Union military uniform and you kind of run with it. Exactly. And who was it that thinks they saw him? Exactly. A lot no. of questions. A lot of questions. So despite speculation, authorities have never confirmed any of these theories. In 1999, an elderly woman, there's always one, oh, contacted God. the authorities. Go on. what did she say? I'm going to wait till it's 1999. So she was, she kind of took the Prince song to heart. She said, I'm going to wait until 1999 to get in touch with the police. Classic L1 behaviour. Classic L1 behaviour. Claiming her former landlord admitted to having information about the killings. They investigated this tip and learned that the landlord supposedly made this claim in 1935. I mean, you'd kind of waited a bit too long at that stage, love. Yeah. So it was obviously too late because, hello, the potential suspect was no longer alive. Yeah. So she gave a name. The name, the named person was dead. So they couldn't do much with that. And in 2007, more than 18 year, 80 years after the Gruber family and their maid were killed, students at the Furstenfield Bullock Police Academy used modern techniques to investigate the unsolved case. The students ruled out all but one suspect they believe committed the murders at the Gruber farm. So they are fairly sure that it was this person who killed the groupers. But really frustratingly, for those of us who were into this type of thing, not to make it all about us, Sally, like Mm. we would like to know. I am dying to know. But they won't release the name because the suspected killer is dead. So they did not publicly name the person and they have vowed to never name the person because they believe that it would just be disrespectful to the suspect's living relatives and the victim's memory. Do you know but where my mind wanna know, went? But we want to know, Ali. We want to know. It's the maid that left. Oh, maybe. the sister. Uh, yeah, the one that had been there like the week before oh, or whatever. Oh, I never thought of that, Ali. Maybe. Although, come on, if the person is dead, just say who it is, unless they're a person of note. I know. 
I, I find I don't know like look I don't know maybe it's a German police thing they're really into mm. protecting the honour of these suspects when they die I don't know but like I feel like a hundred years has passed I mean it's like mm. when I make jokes about the famine and some people in the audience are like I'm like oh is it still too soon I mean come on guys yeah. it has to reach like it's been a hundred years Ali yeah, I don't understand that. I wonder, was it just not interesting enough and they just didn't want to release it? That's going to annoy me now. But also, it's like, it's not like, Ali, like if I found out your great, 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 well, okay, maybe what, three greats, grandfather. Okay, so if your great, great, great grandfather had committed these murders, would I judge you first? You'd probably make an episode about it, but I don't oh, for think sure. you, you yeah. would. I don't think you would. I don't no, think no, so. It against you. So no. That's what I don't understand. That is a bit odd. I mean, they're going to have to say something eventually because I think we should go after the movie rights immediately. I as mean, soon as yeah. we finish up here today. For sure. I think that would be a class Well, film. that's why I asked you in. Oh You're God, a Hollywood I'm baby. <laughs> Imagine I left that job to go to Hollywood. Did you not know? Um, I could, but that would I be could amazing. totally see you in Hollywood though Because you're so special Oh my god, Julie, stop but it But honestly, will we go? Come on I think we I should throw We'll warm up our away. feet there <laughs> Oh, I think <laughs> our and poor you. trench feet Oh, Santa Monica Boulevard, What's come on What's that thing you get? It's a trench foot yeah. Is the thing you get mm. Yeah, I think our trench feet Come on, we served, Ali, we served We did We, we need it. a bit of vitamin D And a little uh, prance around Hollywood I love it Ali, it's been such a pleasure if we're looking for you where can we find you you can find me on instagram twitter tiktok um follow me online and not on the street because i've had problems with that before and too. it's ali fox isn't it yes yeah, it is nice and simple and yeah. then you have a very exciting festive gig coming up yes i do um i'm delighted to be on the bill uh with shane daniel byrne and peter mcgann and anya gallagher and killian sunderman at shane and peter's christmas party in liberty hall on saturday the 3rd of december tickets are on sale now and that's like an amazing lineup. That we, I do really like Shane and and, and Peter Bacillian. I wouldn't trust him. Not Would as not far as him. you could throw him. No, eats a lot of meat. <laughs> big meat eating. Big meat eater. Actually, where was he when this murder I'm happened? Just saying. No, we absolutely love Killian. We had him on, and he's great. We adore him. Shane and Peter's on a name. They're all great ah they're all brilliant and there's tons of other people on the bill as well so get clicking see who the special guests are Ali it's been an absolute pleasure thanks so much for coming I had a great time thank you thank you hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.